The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Tableau Software and Dole Food Company. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take a moment to welcome members of our armed forces who are joining us over the Internet from remote locations. Thank you for being with us again. In just a moment, controversial publisher and passionate First Amendment right advocate, Mr. Larry Flint, will be joining us to talk about his latest court battle to make public the details of the state of Missouri's death penalty execution methods. It's been a while since we've addressed the death penalty on this program, but with the recent sentencing of Yohard Tarnayev, the 21-year-old responsible for the Boston Marathon bombing, It seemed like a good time to take another look at this very difficult subject. But before Mr. Flint joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Larry Claxton Flint Jr. was born in Lakeville, Kentucky. He tried his hand at a number of jobs, including working at a Ford assembly plant as a bootlegger and and, and, and enlisted finally in the United States Navy, becoming a radio operator on the USS Enterprise. In 1965, Flint used his savings to buy a small bar in Dayton, Ohio, and parlayed the profits from that venture to purchase two more bars. In 1968, he opened a high-end nightclub, which was the first to feature nude dancers, a landmark he called the Hustlers Club. The club was so successful that he found himself opening up other Hustler Clubs in Akron, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, and elsewhere. And in 72, Flint began publishing a four-page black-and-white newsletter for his customers, which grew to become Hustler Magazine. But along the way to building the Flint empire, he found himself defending the First Amendment in more than one court. And with every battle, Flint grew more determined to quash any attempts to censor content. Today, Mr. Flint finds himself again testing the limits of the Constitution. Only this time, he may be testing the Eighth Amendment, the use of cruel and unusual punishment when the death penalty is carried out. And we're going to learn more about his crusade to unseal the protocols used and make the people who oversee executions public in the next hour. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report entrepreneur, publisher, and free speech advocate, Mr. Larry Flint. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Flint. I'm glad to be with you. First of all, congratulations on your victory in the Federal Appeals Court, which now allows you to join lawsuits aimed at forcing Missouri to make the details of the methods they use for executions public. So if you don't mind, I'd I'd like to ask you to tell us how you got involved in this. Well, I've always been uh, opposed to the death death penalty because I I felt that it wasn't a deterrent. I was... uh, uh, shot myself, and the fellow that shot me, although he wasn't sentenced to death for my shooting, he other related ones he was, and uh, they asked me to comment on uh, uh, his death sentence, and of course my feelings were the same. I've just always been opposed because I... I think that it, it discriminates in the worst sort of way because you never see white guys or white guys' kids on death row. It's always minorities that can't afford an attorney that's on death row, and it's just totally unfairly administered. Mm-hmm. And as you point out, it has not been proven ever to be a deterrent against violent crime. Uh, no, and the best argument for that is in the 18th century in England, uh, when pickpocket was a capital offense, every Saturday in, in the local square, they would hang the, 
the pickpockets and while they were doing that people would be going through the crowd picking the pockets and people <laughs> watching the pickpockets getting hanged. You know, so uh, I think the English learned very early on that you know, that uh, the death penalty was not a deterrent. That's right. Now, I want to be clear here that the ruling of the high court only paves the way for you to join the lawsuit, which is challenging the methods used by uh, the state of Missouri. Uh, and in what can only be uh, yeah. called an irony, one of the inmates well, who was part well, of the we've original got to, lawsuit. We've got to fight it on all fronts. Yeah. You know, they, uh, the Supreme Court has already said that the death penalty is cruel and unusual punishment, so therefore you have to find a humane way, you know, if you're going to kill somebody. So the Supreme Court's already decided that themselves. So uh, now, with drugs not available to... Uh, uh, ensure that they can, you know, peacefully carry out the the, the death sentence. Uh, there's a, a dilemma as to what the courts are going to do. But as far as uh, uh, people who are opposed to the death penalty, like myself, the only thing we can do is, you know, continue to to fight it on all fronts. Because I'm opposed to it. You know, ten years ago. Seventy-five people was for the death penalty. Twenty-five percent was against. Uh, today it's like even, you know. So there's been a big change in that, just like with uh, with uh, same-sex marriage. You know, I mean, the public attitude does change, and that's about the only thing the politicians listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into how the state carries out their death penalty sentences today and all the things that can go wrong. Um, There was a reason that the New York Times, Washington Post, and a number of traditional news organizations uh, filed briefs supporting your appeal. Can you talk about that for a moment? Well, uh, you know, I I wish they weren't a day late and a dollar short, you know. I I don't hesitate to, to go in, you know, and roll up my sleeves for the fight, you know. But they, uh, But they did show up. They showed up. They showed up a little late, you know, but uh, it's better than not showing at all. Yes, and and, uh, my understanding is that the reason they showed up is because if the ruling of the lower court had stood, it would have been very hard for them to join suits to unseal documents that they might need for further investigations and reporting. Is that right? Well, that was some of the speculation as well, but not only that, aside from that, it was the right thing for them to do, uh, to weigh in on that suit. Well, but there have been a number number of issues that I think that you have stood for where, even though it was the right thing to do, we didn't see the mainstream media rushing in to support you. <laughs> Uh, no, I, you know, when you go back to the, to the 70s, you know, I was blamed for every ill that society embodied, you know. Right, and right. They, well, it's, it's clear that uh, you feel strongly about the death penalty, and, uh, and I want to make it clear to everyone that one of the original suits that was filed included the uh, assailant who shot you, and in a, a very ironic turn of events, you found yourself joining a lawsuit to unseal these records that uh, that had also been joined by the assailant who was responsible for, for uh, your uh, tragedy. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have any thoughts or any compassion for, for him either way. Uh, my uh, my focus was just on the death penalty itself, regardless of who's involved, because it's, uh, it doesn't work. But that does show your lack of bias when it comes to the death penalty. I think it takes a very large person to say uh, it doesn't have anything to do with a person who uh, attacked me. Uh, this just is a principle in and of itself. And I think people need to know about that uh, because there what there was a person who you could have very easily said, "I don't care how he dies, 
Uh, but instead of taking that position, you took the position that, well, it does matter because uh, this particular law uh, that allows for the death penalty to be carried out in the manner in which it is being carried out uh, discriminates and is also may not be humane. And we need to get to the bottom of it. Uh, stay right where you are. When we come back, we'll find out. Uh, why there's been so much secrecy surrounding the death penalty protocols in Missouri. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes, from salads to desserts and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouthwatering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry cranberry chicken salad or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berrylicious dish. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right. I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and drag and drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most important impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau dot com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? Bring the whole family to the Redwood Mountain Fair on May 30th and 31st at the beautiful meadow at Roaring Camp in Felton. You'll see 22 bands on two stages, over 45 arts and crafts booths, and plenty of children's fun. Enjoy surprise entertainment and tasty foods from vegan dishes to hearty barbecue and tempting dessert treats. You'll also find great local microbrews, wines, ciders, and lots more. Featured on our stage Saturday are the meters with Leo Nocentelli, Birds of Chicago, and China Cats. Sunday, keep on rocking with the California Honey Drops, Lori Lewis in the Right Hand, and Afrolicious. Details and discounted tickets online at redwoodmountainfair.com. Tickets also at Liberty Bank in Boulder Creek and Felton, Zania's in Scotts Valley, and Streetlight Records in Santa Cruz. That's all at the Redwood Mountain Fair, May 30th and 31st at Roaring Camp in Felton. Gates open at 1030. You can pull a horse trailer over the mountain, haul a load of lumber to the construction site, and take that special someone out to dinner at a fancy restaurant. You can do it all in the all-new Ford F-150, and you can drive yours home today from North Bay Ford. Hello, I'm Bobby Robinson here at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. They call the all-new Ford F-150 the future of tough. Why? Because the new F-150 has a high-strength, military-grade aluminum alloy body and high-strength steel frame for less weight, yet greater strength. What does that mean to you? It means best-in-class towing and payload, greater performance from all four engine options, up to 20% more fuel efficiency over last year's model, and the best ride ever. But don't take my word for it. Come on down to North Bay Ford at 1999 SoCal Avenue and test drive the future of tough in an all-new Ford F-150. Or visit us at NorthBayFord.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is publisher and First Amendment advocate, Mr. Larry Flint. Now, Mr. Flint, uh, the best I can tell, there seems to be 
two main areas of secrecy. The first has to do with the state's inability to clearly state which drug protocols are being used in each case. And secondly, the legislature has made it unlawful to reveal the names of the execution team. So there's really no way to determine what their qualifications are uh, or for the public or the media to provide oversight. Are these the two main areas where you want to see transparency? Well, in the Eighth Circuit, they've already decided that, you know, that uh, transparency is paramount to this. So the, the state taking the position that that they pass this law is just not going to fly. So, or, or appeal in the Eighth Circuit basically put that to rest, you know. So I think eventually, uh, sometime this term, they're probably going to make a a decision that's going to put this thing to rest. You know, I want to make a, a comment on one thing in case I forget here. Okay. Well, people who are victims of these violent crimes, I can understand why they want the people punished who do this to their family, friends, or loved ones. But when... When you want someone punished, are you really looking for justice or are you looking for vengeance? You know, you can say off with their heads, maybe that's vengeance. But if you say we spend the rest of your life in prison, I think that's punishment. And I think if the, if uh, the victims of these crimes were were allowed to uh, a sufficient amount of time to grieve and to think about uh, whether they decide to ask the, the judge or the jury for a death sentence or not. I think many of their outcomes would be different. Well, what do you say to people who claim that if it gives a family uh, even one moment of peace... Even if it's for vengeance, let's say, it gives them some way to uh, mourn, to get over this, to heal, uh, then it's worthwhile. What do you say to those folks? Well, then you have to pose the question, uh, are we talking about vengeance or justice? But let's say we are talking about vengeance. Let's say it's vengeance. our, our, but our justice system is, is all, our legal system is all about justice, you know. I mean, vengeance, vengeance is just what it means. It's for the vigilante crowd out there, you know. You, you, you need, uh, uh, you need an, an orderly system of justice. Right, and, and you're saying that there's no room for vengeance in a true justice system. No, I don't know. Vengeance takes place every day. I don't make it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to those families? I think what you're saying is give them time to heal and and uh, and think about well, the you know, ramifications. You, 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 just them, you just say to them, look, if you, if you, if you snuff out their life in a couple of hours, uh or if they spend the rest of their life in prison, which one would you actually prefer? Because when a life's gone and they're put to death, then that's that's the end of the road. But if they if they've got to spend the, their lifetime in a four by six cell and spend their whole life thinking about what they did, it's going to have a much different effect. But for many religious people, it isn't the end of the road. They believe there's punishment after death. Well, I haven't been there, so I don't know. (laughs) But there's a lot of people that believe these people will pay the eternal price in hell. And uh, so some are seeking vengeance. But clearly, when we're talking about, and I think this is a point you've made in the media many times, clearly when we're talking about taking someone who's being punished for murder and then murdering them them ourselves we're on a, a slippery slope uh, absolutely you know you uh, 
the government just should not be in the business of killing people. It just doesn't work out. Yes, and yet uh, the courts have said that it is humane, so long as uh, these folks are given a sedative uh, that's designed to uh, make them unconscious uh, and then to administer a a paralysis-acting drug, and then finally one that will stop their heart. There's a three-drug protocol that's that's been allowed. The court court isn't making a legal definition. What they're trying to do... And they're trying to make a political decision that will satisfy the masses of the people, you know, something that's palatable for everyone. They don't want to make the hard decisions. And that hard decision would be to ban uh, capital punishment. Yeah, look, why are we one of the few civilized nations that has capital punishment, along with Iran and China and North Korea. I mean, why do we have to be lumped in with those people? We do. We got more people incarcerated than everybody else in the world put together. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, I think the three strikes law was very, very bad because it meant on third minor offenses, you know, people were getting life in prison for stealing a pack of cigarettes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of uh, uh, victim, victimless crimes involving drugs uh, resulted in large prison sentences. And I, I'm not sure that... Uh, you want to give a guy several decades in uh, in prison for selling pot. You know. mm-hmm. Do Do you feel the current justice system is racist? Pardon? Do you feel the current justice system is racist? Oh yeah, without a doubt, it's it's it's, it's racist. Uh, Seventy-five percent of the, the, the people in prison today are brown, and uh, there, there's no doubt about it. The uh, the law, not just the death penalty, but the law in general, is not uh, evenly enforced. Mm-hmm. Well, we certainly see a lot of videos now coming out that uh, lend credence to your belief there. Um, Unfortunately, we're going to have to go to another uh, hard commercial break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to try to get to the bottom uh, of the real reason that uh, the Missouri legislature made it illegal to disclose the names of the execution teams. Uh, And I appreciate, uh, Mr. Flynn, if you can hang on there. We'll be back after these short commercial messages. You're listening to the Costa Report. Have you checked out the Costa Report blog yet? Well, what are you waiting for? There's no quicker way to find out what newsmakers are saying than the Costa Report blog at RebeccaCosta.com. It's where the former CEO of Apple and PepsiCo, John Scully, predicts where the next tech breakthroughs are going to come from. And also where Trent Lott explains why a GOP reversal of the Senate nuclear option will signal real change in our nation's capital. And the Costa Report blog is where you'll discover why Alan Dershowitz is worried that ISIS is adopting Hamas-like tactics. You'll find all this and more at the Costa Report blog. A new blog is posted every week, and they're short, pithy, and tell the unvarnished truth. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com to get the latest blog. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're there, be sure to register for updates and breaking news. The Costa Report blog. Bringing you the news the big networks don't and won't. Coast Paper and Supply has been family-owned and operated since 1948. They have a wide array of products available, including brand name and eco-friendly cleaning supplies, paper goods, and compostable plates, cups, and cutlery. Whether your needs are for business or home, Coast Paper and Supply's friendly and reliable staff have what you're looking for. 
They even accommodate special orders. You can find them at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, or call at 831-423-3350. Coast Paper and Supply is a proud member of Think Local First. Hi, Registered Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Drug companies are always looking for new ways to push their products. In the case of statins, the anti-cholesterol cardiovascular medication so beloved by drug companies and doctors who liberally dispense them to the tune of $30 billion annually, the search has been on to take advantage of their toxic effects as a novel way to kill cancer cells. So it came as no surprise when researchers at the University of Pittsburgh concluded that cholesterol-lowering statin drugs may be able to mitigate the metastases or spreading of various cancerous tumors. The discovery is being explored as a way of creating new cancer treatments based on the mechanism of action of the statins, namely their ability to stop cells from making cholesterol. What these researchers are saying is that statin drugs not only poison cholesterol-making processes taking place inside of cells, they ultimately poison the cells themselves. In this case, their ability to get around. In other words, the scientists are basically concluding that statin drugs are cytotoxic or toxic to cells. True, the studied effects were chemotherapy, they were demonstrated on cells that were cancerous, but because all cells need cholesterol, it's somewhat obvious that the same kind of toxicity will occur in healthy ones too. So if you're concerned about cancer and metastases, one day you may have to take a statin drug. But if you're not sick and want to stay that way, and if you value the health of your cells, you might want to think twice about whether you really want to take that cytotoxic statin. Your cells will be grateful. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medical and it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos, too, at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Join me for It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland on Saturday evenings 8 till 10. In the first hour, we ask questions that matter, focusing on the deeper issues underlying current events, politics, and our daily lives. Call in and join the conversation. In the second hour, we balance the intellectual with the creative by featuring in-depth interviews with local, national, and international guests from the arts. Tune in Saturday evenings 8 to 10 and discover it's a question of balance. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa. And if you're just joining us, my guest today is Larry Flint. So, Mr. Flint, let, let's talk about judicial racism. Uh, what, what do you say to folks who say that if more of the people who are committing crimes are people of color, then more of them are going to be jailed? And that, that's not racism. Uh, well, you've got to understand why more people are... Uh uh committing crimes uh, the unemployment rate among black youth is three times what it is among white you don't have these kids in the ghetto there there is no real hope for them someone said uh, well you need to get in there and you know talk to their family you can't talk to their family especially their daddy because he's in jail you know mm-hmm. So you've got you've got kids that are dropping out of of school at a sixty four percent rate, which is almost unheard of. And when they drop out of school, they've got nothing they can do except uh, get involved in crime. There, there's no incentive or no help for them to get the motivation that they need to further their education. But this this whole thing boils down to education, you know. I, I, think, a, uh, I think a book will stop a bullet, you know, and I think that's really what uh, the black youth in this country need, is they need an opportunity, and in order to give them an opportunity, you got to give them an education. Right. Without an education, uh, you have no economic opportunity. But let's go back to your background. 
you were certainly born into a uh, a, a family that was that ha- faced poverty, and and uh, you had limited opportunities, and you certainly didn't let that stop you. No. <laughs> Uh, where I was born in Eastern Kentucky, we didn't have two food stamps to rub together. But uh, so, I so why I, this is what this is the thing that I'm always amazed at. I'm amazed at someone who could pull themselves out of poverty and be born into the well, situation you were in, well, and and make yourself you, such a success that that you you gotta want it. You gotta dream a lot. You gotta be curious about life. You know and. You gotta uh, uh, work for what what you believe in. But why doesn't that apply to people that are born into poverty today? People who don't have an education today. Why do? Why doesn't that apply well, to them? Well, it's hard to give someone self-esteem. It's very tough, you know, uh, uh, to motivate people who who are not there. But I'm saying that as a group, we have to get together and we've got to make that effort because things are not going to get better. Things are going to continue to get worse because as far as the black community in this country has, as far as they're concerned, you know, they got nothing to lose, you know, so they might as well burn down every city they live in. You know, that's about how bad it really is. And uh, a lot of the hardline politicians are, you know, digging in their heels to take a stand. But they need to try to do what's necessary to to alleviate this this poverty that people are living in. Let me ask you this. Uh, Do you feel that the black community today faces any more difficult a situation than you did? Uh, I think it's always been a struggle. Uh, I think it's always been a struggle, you know. Uh, And every time it looked like it was going to get better, you know, it didn't, you know. Uh, They lost their leader, Martin Luther King Jr., Uh, you know. uh, Priorities changed uh, in terms of the Great Society, you know. Um, much wasn't delivered that was promised. Yes, I, I agree with you. I believe we've fallen short. But it's not just the black community. We've let our young people down. We've saddled them with so much uh, federal debt and student loans and, uh, you know, and, and climate change and so many horrendous issues. Uh, you know, my generation, your generation, we, we're, we're leaving behind some pretty big challenges. We, we, didn't, we didn't meet our promises. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, and, but, but it's still not late. We're still on the radio. <laughs> we're, we're still in there fighting. I got to give us credit for that. Well, uh, it's it's difficult to maintain the strength that you need in the eyes of such adversity, you know, because it's it's tough. It really is, you know, because you, you feel like whether you're black or white, you know, you, you still feel like you're you're struggling, you know, against the powers to be. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and that great divide has gotten worse over time. I I, I want to ask you a question here uh, before we go to break. Um, uh, do you feel your reputation has helped you in your quest to uh, get these death penalty documents unsealed, or did you feel like it hurt you? Uh, uh, that kept cuts both ways. I would say that it, it helps me in a sense that uh, they know I'll fight. I've been <laughs> five different times, you know, and I've been putting out censorship brochures all over the country since for the last thirty-five years, and uh, you know they, you know they, they don't know I'll go the distance. But on the other hand. Uh, 
many people question my motivations, you know, because they say if he's just motivated and making money, what's he doing creating all this social discontent? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're suspect of your motives, and particularly the lower co- court who ruled that yeah. you had... Uh, no, no specific interest in these lawsuits against the state of Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I felt they discriminated against that, you. That dumb bitch didn't have any idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I don't know how she ever got a, a, a federal judge appointment. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, they discriminated against you, uh, and fortunately, the you know that's why we have the court of appeals because uh-huh. they understood that. I think. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I, I guess what you're saying uh, when it comes to your reputation is uh, they know you're not going to give up and you have the resources not to give up. But on the other hand, they're always going to question why you're getting involved, whether it's a, you're being an opportunist for publicity or to make money or something along those lines. Uh, uh, so that when that comes into play, that must be difficult because when it comes to the death penalty, you're really looking at this from the standpoint of a humanitarian. Uh, well, reputation is what you come to town with. Your character is what you leave with, you know. So I, uh, I, I always keep that in perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how should people feel about your character? I don't know. I, I'd say the best way to judge a, a man's character is ask yourself, would a, would a lost dog follow him home? <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> I am go- of, Mr. Flynn, I'm going to steal that from you. I, I, that's sort of abstract, but it's kind of true. I think that is a very good way to judge character, and I'm happy to say I've been followed home by many a dog, (laughs) and I'm going to leave it at that. Now, we have to take our final break. We'll be right back with more from Mr. Larry Flint. You're listening to the Costa Report. Every day our world gets more complicated. Not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us, our leaders also fall prey to this phenomena. But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please, go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. We're fortunate to have Scott Caraccioli with us to explain how the process of making sparkling wines influences a winemaker's approach to making a Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Yeah, it's really a driving factor in terms of style and really kind of making it a little bit more old world. Um, we use all French oak, which is the same thing that we use in our sparkling wines. So I would imagine that someone who is not making sparkling wines will take a totally different approach. Yeah, it's a matter of viewpoint when it comes down to when you have a French winemaker making bubbles, you end up with a leaner, more European style of wine. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I, Cellars, where you have to spell it to drink it. Hello again, this is Sylvia Panetta inviting you to join us for the Leon Panetta 2015 Lecture Series. We'll discuss critical issues that can unite or divide America. 
The final forum, Monday, June 1, will focus on cyber with Keith Alexander, Renee James, and Mike Mullen. How can we protect our nation from cyber threats from other nations and terrorist groups? Can we preserve our privacy and our security? Check your local listings and join us. Square Trade does not cover lost or stolen items. Savings based on two-year iPhone plan with one claim compared to Assurian total equipment coverage as of April 10th, 2015. Don't overpay for phone insurance. Save with Square Trade phone protection instead. Phone insurance from Verizon, Sprint, or other wireless carriers can cost you as much as $11 every month, plus up to $199 deductible when you break your phone. Square Trade phone protection is less than $5 a month. We can save you over $240. Start saving with Square Trade now. Visit squaretrade.com. That's squaretrade.com. Do you have a plan for your money? Does your money come and go like the tides? Do you just leave your finances to fate? Cash is always flowing. Money is always moving. And if you don't manage it, it will move away from you. So many people actually spend more time planning their next trip to the dentist than they do something even more important like their retirement. You know what they say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Don't leave your financial future to fate. Take charge. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Money Moves is dedicated to providing you tips and tools so you can manage your own money effectively. No one cares about your money more than you do. Therefore, you need the skills to manage your money. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Larry Flint. Now, switching gears here for just a moment, you recently endorsed Hillary Clinton uh, for presidency. Um, can you speak about that for just a moment? I'll say that again. You recently endorsed Hillary Clinton uh, for presidency, and I was wondering if you could speak about that for a moment. Uh well, obviously, uh, the most important thing that a president has to do is to appoint, appoint members of the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, whatever, whoever gets elected, chances are, is going to have an opportunity to appoint two, maybe three members of the court. And let's face it, the Supreme Court has emerged as a new legislative body making the decision for us to live by because uh, Congress has shrugged their responsibilities. So there's nothing more important than the president will have to do and appoint members to the court. Now, what, what kind of members will Hillary appoint? It's obvious knowing Hillary for 30 years as I have that, that she's going to point more moderate or centrist to liberal type judges. She won't be appointing people in the vein of, of, of Scalia and Thomas. So that was my total reason and stepping up front and, and, and endorsing Hillary. I want people to realize the importance of the Supreme Court and its next election. So you feel that the current Supreme Court may be leaning on the conservative side and you'd like to see these two or three justices be more liberal? It's been been leaning to the right for 50 years, for a half a century. You know, and we need to get that balance back. I'm not saying the court should be to the left or to the right. I'm saying it should be somewhere in the center. I think that's where the country is, is in the center, but not the radical right or left, either one. And But unfortunately, that's what we're faced with because the ideology of the people that, that appoint these justices. Now, I talked to a few people, a few reporters, who are wondering if Larry Flint has a long game. And by long game, I mean Larry Flint supports Hillary Clinton. Two or three more liberal justices get appointed to the Supreme Court. 
And Larry Flint brings a challenge to the Eighth Amendment to that Supreme Court that's more balanced. Are we going to see a sequel to The People versus Larry Flint? Uh, no, you you're way ahead of me. On that. <laughs> that is that is that the long game there? Get get uh, get a more balanced court and then raise the issue of capital punishment to that court. Well, I think uh, I think capital uh, punishment is going to go the same as. Uh, uh, marriage, you know, I, I believe that uh, that the high court is going to have to succumb to the will of the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think capital punishment will eventually be outlawed. Now, uh, lastly, before we run out of time, let me ask you to comment on the uh, recent ruling in the case of the 21-year-old Boston Marathon bomber. Uh, I know you are opposed to capital punishment. Uh, what do you believe should have happened there? Uh, I, I believe he should have gotten life in prison. You know, uh, I can understand why a lot of people disagree with me on that point. But do you believe his death sentence was vengeance? Pardon. Do you believe his death sentence was vengeance? Uh, well, there was, there was a lot of compassion uh, that went into his uh, death sentence. I'm sure that a certain amount of it was vengeance, but uh, but I think probably a certain amount of it was just people wanting, you know, what they thought was justice. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really it's it's sort of frustration in a in a way you know I mean getting that death sentence to that kid was, was frustrating to the families it's frustrating to the legal team to the to the judge everybody you know mm-hmm. it's very difficult to see a twenty one year old be sentenced to death. Well, we we can't be taken in by age, you know, as much as it's it's just wrong and it's just not a deterrent. You see, if someone is getting ready to kill someone, do you think they stop for a second and say, "Well, if I do this, will I get life in prison or will I get the death penalty?" No. A killer's mind don't think that way. They just go ahead and act on impulse. That's another reason to point to the fact that that a death penalty is not a deterrent. That's right. It can do nothing to stop impulses, and that's for sure. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Flint, that is all the time that we have today. But before we say goodbye, I want to thank you for taking time to help help us come to terms with uh, a very polarizing issue. Thank you, Mr. Flint. All right. Thank you, Mike. If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Larry Flint today, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. How do you feel about the death penalty and in particular about the recent sentence handed down in the Boston Marathon bombing case? Is capital punishment the equivalent of vengeance? Or is there another good that is served? And, And if there is, what is that good? You can send your comments to RebeccaCosta.com. Just click on the comment page, and there's a big white box where you can type in your remarks. And while you're at the website, be sure you pick up a copy of the Watchman's Rattle for yourself and Dad. Good old Dad. Father's Day is just around the corner. And believe me when I tell you, there is nothing better than a book that is inscribed with your custom message to Dad and signed by the author. So go to RebeccaCosta.com right now. All you have to do is click on the book, and you'll land on the order page, and it'll take you uh, two or three minutes at most. Uh, And there's still plenty of time for your book to arrive before Father's Day, but do it now. (laughs) Go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's easy to remember. It's myname.com. And if you haven't picked up your copy yet, well... 
You can take a moment to read what folks like Richard Branson, E.O. Wilson, Trudy Styler, Dr. James Watson, one of the scientists who discovered the double helix in DNA, what they have to say about the book. It is the one book which explains why and how societies become gridlocked and what we can do to begin moving forward again. And the best news is 100% of what you pay for the book goes toward keeping programs on the air like the one you heard today. The number of long-form venues where people from the left and the right can sit down for an honest conversation are disappearing, folks. Everything seems to be going to short two- and three-minute summaries. But if you believe as I do, that our issues are complicated and they deserve a couple of hours of our time every week to try to understand all points of view, then do your part and support independent programming like the Costa Report. We are beholding to no corporation, no sponsor, no special interest group, and thanks to your support, we have remained that way. So please, please take a moment. Go to RebeccaCosta.com and get your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It is a great summer read. Would, would I steer you toward a book that you wouldn't enjoy reading? And I dare you to put it down once you get through the first chapter. And speaking of tackling the really big issues, the difficult and meaty issues, my guest next week was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Clinton, Mr. Henry Cisneros. When's the last time you heard from Henry Cisneros? Probably not in a long time, but I'm going to tell you, you, this is an interview you do not want to miss. Put it on your calendar. He's going to be here to talk about 13 trends which make investing in real estate in urban centers a sure bet. Our urban centers are changing. The greatest migration in human history is happening right now, right under your nose, and it's toward urban centers. So don't miss Henry Cisneros next week on the only weekly news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to The Costa Report. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management